guys, who's happy to be here at Elevate tonight? Yeah. It's awesome stuff. It's awesome to be here with you guys. It's awesome to worship in the same building as you guys. It's honestly an honor and something I look forward to every single week. So yeah, it's tonight is going to be a really, really good night, you guys. Um, I don't know. I kind of hinted at it last week, but tonight we're, uh, is a night we're calling a night of testimony and fire, okay? A night of testimony and fire, and listen, it's going to be great, you guys. It's going to be great. So um, listen, last week I talked about, well, who was here last week, by the way? I just want to get a show of hands. Okay, most of you guys. So last week I talked about the power of sharing your testimony, right? The power of sharing your testimony and the power that a testimony has. And I had a message called Based on a True Story. And, and that, that is because, you know, on uh, the horror movies, right, a lot of times the worst horror movies at the beginning of the movie, the worst horror novels at the beginning has this phrase based on a true story, right? And that just sets the fear factor to like the nth degree because it leaves you lying awake at night. You're wondering what happened to that guy? That can happen to me. Like it's, it was true. Based on a true story, it's got to be real. So what happened to that guy? That can happen to me. And basically in the message I shared with you guys that that's what a good testimony should do. It should keep people up at night, not in fear, but in anticipation and excitement and saying, what happened to her? That can happen to me too. What happened to that guy? That can happen to me. How, that guy got, how God set that guy free from an addiction? That can happen to me too. Because in Revelation 19, 10, I believe it says that the, the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. Right? The testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy, and essentially it's saying what he did in him, he can do inside of you as well, because it's the same God at work inside of us. And so what we're going to do tonight is tonight we're going to hear from five different people, five different people from our church, and they are going to share a testimony of something that God did inside of them. They're going to share something that they witnessed God do inside of their lives um, or inside of the people around them. And again, this isn't to like bring these people up and parade them on the stage and say, look how spiritual these guys are, look how faithful they were, or even to say, look how messed up they were. It's a, it's a prophetic word saying what God did inside of these people, God can do inside of you as well. It's supposed to be an encouragement and a prophetic word. And so what I want you guys to do, I'm giving you guys the responsibility that first of all, we need to encourage them and so what I'm going to do, I'm going to bring them up. If, if I, I talk to you guys, if you're sharing a testimony tonight, come on up on stage. Let's give them a round of applause, you guys. Feel free to organize the chairs how you need to. Okay, they're getting situated. So first of all, what I want... This is like insanely distracting. I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I can't, like, I'm having a hard time focusing right now. All right, good job, you guys. I'm so proud of you. Okay, so what, is your, what your responsibility is tonight is to give them encouragement and cheer them on. Because for some of them, like, you know, they've spoken on stages before. Some of them haven't. And so between each person, just give them a round of applause. Say good job. Shout at them. Uh, say good things. I, wouldn't, I don't think this is the time to heckle. But just say the good stuff that you are thinking. But again, remember, we're not bringing them up just to show them how good they are or how bad they are, but it's to say, hey, this, what happened to them could happen inside of you. So what I want you to do, and what's your responsibility, is that if 
they're sharing and something sounds familiar to you, like, hey, I've got that going on in my life, or hey, I've got a friend that has that going on in their life as well, your responsibility is to take notes, to rewatch the message, skip to that part, and to let that be a prophetic word for you. That's saying, hey, this is how that turned out, and God can do that inside of me as well. So that is your responsibility. If you got it, say got it. Got it. Awesome. So here, here's what they're going to do. I'm going to give it off to the first person, and they're going to pass it on until the end. So let's listen. Let's take notes. Let's do our job. So the first person is Jaden. Let's give him a round of applause, you guys. Hey everyone. So obviously, like you said, my name is Jaden Phillips. Uh, I am a 17-year-old and also a student leader uh, here at Elevate. Um, and since for the sake of time we only have like about five minutes to speak, I just want to go and just jump right in. All right, so uh, recently I was in a large group of young people, teenagers. They were all fantastic people. Um, but, you know, just to kind of, just to spoil it for you, I eventually found out that they weren't really for me. Um, and I had known these people for absolutely years, like about five years. It was crazy stuff. And we had been, you know, very close, close friends. Um, and, you know, just, it was just really good. But that was before we actually started to kind of, you know, grow up. Like in 2017, we all started, you know, kind of actually growing up, um, getting jobs. And people's lives became based on schedules. It was kind of, it was, it was natural, but of course, not really that easy to work around. Um, another thing that also didn't help was, uh, us developing our acute senses of uh, sarcasm and smack talk. Uh, if any of you know me, I'm very sarcastic. I'm the master of it. Of course, that was sarcasm right there. Um, uh, <laughs> and another thing that didn't help was that two very good friends of mine and pretty much everybody in the group, they had to, they, they moved away. And it was very hard for all of us because they were very dear to us. But another thing that really didn't help with that was, you know, they were kind of mediators for everybody. They would, they didn't like conflict. They didn't like hearing arguing, and they would kind of try to, you know, find a solution to it. Um, so once they left, it kind of sent us down a, kind of a dark road, just all in all. Um, and this would kind of lead to several breaks between people, friendships. Not really like, you know, in a way that, that they would just leave, but it kind of just put a strain on everybody, um, caused a lot of, you know, strife and some hypocrisy and everything um, in this group. Um, it, it really wasn't something that any of us really wanted to, to hear um, or to have going on in this group, but it just kind of happened, and you know, this was a way that kind of the enemy just kind of just, just seeped his way in and just kind of started causing a little bit of chaos. One thing that he did is he pitted many good friends against each other as though they were enemies. It was kind of hard to watch. Thankfully, though, this was only for a short amount of time. Uh, it didn't really last long, but there were some things that kind of that, that kind of did last. Um, and for me, I was in a kind of a unique position because I was a part of this group of young people, but I wasn't really present. Like, I, I would be, you know, going to the events and all that kind of stuff, but I didn't really keep in contact with any of the people, so I didn't really know all of them as well as I wanted to. Um, so this also kind of led me to, I would, you know, whenever problems would ha happen, um, I would kind of be out of the loop on some things, and this would lead me to making assumptions about certain people. And I would spend the time that I wasn't there actually kind of just bombarding them in my head with, in my, you know, I had a lot of anger toward them sometimes because they did some things that I didn't really agree with. Um, but, you know, I would spend a lot of time doing that. And I think it's safe to say that that was not really time well spent. Uh, soon enough, this kind of developed into a problem. I, I became too focused on these things that it kind of took over my thought life. I, you know, like 24-7, I would just be constantly thinking about these people and the problems that that would happen because of them, um, not necessarily because of them, but just that would happen 
in the group and you know it was just very difficult um occasionally though i would be able to you know pursue god in some things and be like god like i have this you know i i don't want to deal with this anymore this is not a good thing but i wasn't ever really able to give him everything i wasn't really able to actually tell him okay you can have all of this you can have my entire all my thoughts everything so that kind of put i kind of created a barrier between me and god and it was it was a very hard time for me. And this, this time of just having a barrier lasted for about 10 months. It was actually from June of 2021 to April of actually just, just last April. Um, but unfortunately, that had actually started just the, the downhill motion between me and them kind of started in about, uh, what was it, April 2020. So it's been going on for about two years. Um, it was just very hard. But eventually, after a long series of talks uh, with people I was close with, um, and honestly, some verbal fights that I started with these people, with the people in this group, um, and a lot of that, you know, misspent time of being angry at them, I kind of felt like I came to a fork in the road where I had two decisions. I had to make one, and one of them was I could, okay, I could stay, I could just, you know, work, work with them, and just, you know, be a little more gracious on myself and everything, or I could just, just move on. I got a lot of great people in my life still, and I can work that out. The problem was. I seriously thought that I had two decisions that for one, I could make, and for two, that no matter which decision I made, it was the right one. Um, you know, because I'd already been doing that, I'd made the decision, okay, I hate, you know, I don't really like this one woman, and then the next day I'm completely fine. Um, but God obviously thought otherwise. He decided to come in, and then he just reminded me that, okay, during all the time I had spent being angry at them, whether to their face sometimes, and most of the time not, he had been trying to plant the seed of, you may just need to move on. It's not that they're bad people. It's not that at all. It's just that they're not necessarily the right people for you. Um, but I really do believe that they all have really good hearts, but I couldn't control any of the situation. And so it was best for me just to move on. And this was one of the most reasonable things I'd heard in a while. Of 10 months without really hearing anything from God and hearing all sorts of things coming from both sides, you know, it was just really encouraging. And deep down also in me, just because I wanted to also do what God wanted me to do, I, you know, just sat down on my bed and I, you know, at night, sat down on my bed and just allowed myself to be taught by him. And he told me three things that night. The first one was that I needed to repent of my sin against them because I had said a lot of bad things about them. I had had a lot of anger and hatred and honestly said a lot of hypocritical things about them. Some things that, well, most things that weren't true. And after I did that, that I was supposed to forgive them that even if they did something, even if they didn't, no matter what I thought they did, I was just supposed to forgive them. That if I wanted to truly have a pure heart and not be you know, mad at them, I had to hold nothing against them. I had to give it all up. And then the last thing he told me to do was not to be worried. I'm, I'm a worrier, if any of you know me. I, I will worry about the last thing I need to do. Um, but he just said, just don't worry about what they think. They're not always against you, but just don't worry that if maybe they, they are, don't worry about what they think, don't worry about what they do or the way they talk about you. And God helped me to realize that uh, the only thing in the world that really matters in the long run is his love for us. Without his love for us, we wouldn't even be here. Without his love for us, I wouldn't be able to forgive them. I wouldn't be able to forgive myself for what I did. And he allowed me to forgive them and myself, and then he actually started teaching me how to love them, even whenever what I saw gave me more than enough reason to what I would call verbally stone them. And I just want to go and hit one last point that if this, this is more of like where this is applicable to you. If God did this in me, if God took me whenever I was blinded by my anger, my, my, my hate, my 
hip hop, like just all the hypocritical remarks, everything. If God took that and he taught me how to forgive and love them, not he most certainly will, he can and he will do that in you, no doubt. That's, I mean, that's pretty much all I have, but I just want to say one thing before I get off the stage or just sit back down. I want to encourage all of you, if any of you do have any questions, because this is my first time actually having a testimony to share and sharing it in front of people. If any of you have questions about it, if any of you want to know more about this, please come talk to me after the service. I'm sure that can go for every one of these people behind me, but I just wanted to go and say it. If you have anything, just please come talk to me. All right, I'd be very happy if anybody had questions. Uh, thank you, Sean, for allowing me to speak on this. And uh, before my knees buckle, I'm going to go and hand off the mic to Zach Turner. <laughs> That was awesome. That was really awesome. God is just so good. And, uh, you know, sometimes Satan likes to tell us that God isn't good. Or if he knows that we know God is good, he likes to convince us that we don't know that. And so I'm going to tell you guys a story. So January 2021, I was sitting over there. It was at a church service. And I felt really convicted about a sin that I had been struggling with, and I knew it was wrong, and I was already fighting it, but the way I thought about it, I realized how wrong it was, and that in itself was good, because conviction is a healthy thing. We should bring, you know, our sins to God, and that way he kind of shows us, okay, here's a better way. Let's move forward. Here's what you need to do. The problem was I took it way too far, and I started beating myself up, and I started reminding myself of past sins, and before I knew it, all of a sudden, I was living my entire Christian walk burdened. I felt like there was a hindrance. I felt like no matter what I did, I, I was trying so hard to, to be right. I was trying so hard to fix all my problems. I was trying so hard to delete the past, but the problem was I couldn't do it. And what had happened was I had opened a door for the spirit of condemnation. And I didn't actually realize it at the time. In fact, I've actually, it was two weeks ago when I've actually finally realized what was happening. But the spirit of condemnation, what had happened was it blinded me and it convinced me of the lies that the devil had written for me. And so instead of being focused on God's grace in my life, instead of being focused on my salvation. I knew those things, and I believed those things, but the stronghold was grabbing me to where I was focusing on my past, and so I'm like, okay, all right, I'm trying to get back to God, but maybe I can, maybe I can fix this, maybe I can get this, and then here's why that was a problem. The only way you're going to move past sin in your life, the only way you're going to move past shame, the only way you're going to move past condemnation is if you turn around and right where you're at, you could have just committed the worst sin ever right where you're at, you accept God's grace. And I don't say, oh, come to God's grace, like, oh, your sin, it doesn't matter. It is a big deal, but Jesus died on the cross so that you could come for his grace because it starts by coming to God. It starts by coming to Jesus where you're at. His grace is what leads you into repentance. His grace is what leads you into conviction. His grace is how you can healthily get rid of your sin. And I didn't, I honestly, I was really hindered by this for a whole year. And I would sometimes get better about certain things or get better about this or that, but it just felt like something was off. And it was a couple weeks ago, 
Sean asked a group of us, hey, do you guys want to share a testimony? And I'm like, oh, cool, yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff God's done in my life, and why not, you know? And so I'm thinking about, God, what should I share? And he was like, hey, you know how you felt kind of off the last year and a half? I said, yeah. And he's like, talk about that. And I, I actually wrestled with that because I was like, God, I don't feel like this is resolved yet. I don't, I, I don't know. And God, right in that moment, said, I can tell you what's wrong. There's a spirit of condemnation. You need to cast that out right now. And right there, I casted that out. And as soon as I did, all of the truth about my identity, all of the truth about who I am, all of the truth about my salvation and God's grace, it started to actually come alive in my heart again because I was no longer being held down to this spirit. I was actually, I was finally seeing with my heart, I was seeing the truth. I wasn't just hearing it as I had been for this year. And that's so important to somebody right now because I think somebody in this room, it's very possible many of you you're trying to fix mistakes from your past. Look, you can't fix the mistakes from your past. Jesus already did 2,000 years ago. You can't do that. You need to turn to the grace of God, and in that grace, you will be humbled into your salvation. Your salvation's already there. You will be humbled into conviction. You will be humbled. You will change. You will grow. But unless you do that, you're just going to stay stuck. And let me tell you guys, ever since that spirit got cast out, I feel so free. I feel like I can just come to God. I've spent so much time in the spirit, and I don't say that to boast. I say that because I'm relieved. And if he can do that in me after a year and a half, if he can, if he can show me what was going on and if he can deliver me in that, he can do the same with you. And so, yeah, that's all I have. So anyway, now it's time for Kelsey Port. I need notes because it's really hard for me to stay under five minutes. <clears throat> okay, so tonight the story that I'm going to share with you guys uh, isn't actually really about me. It's about someone else, and it starts with brokenness. Um, but first, I just want some people to shout out like your favorite movie or book. Ghostbusters. Okay, someone else. Huh? Oh, Harry Potter. Okay, one more. Huh? National Treasure. Okay. Oh, it's a good one. <laughs> okay, so when you think about our favorite movies and favorite books, part of what makes them so great is that there's a point of extreme brokenness or darkness or like a really major problem, but it doesn't stop there. Somehow, eventually, the brokenness is turned into something beautiful. Evil is overcome by good. The light shines in the darkness. And it inspires us and gives us hope that maybe the areas of our life that are broken can also be turned into something beautiful someday too. And so the story that I'm going to share tonight is about, starts with a little girl, and she was born into a broken family. When she was about seven years old, her parents split up and eventually got divorced. It was really messy. There was a lot of pain, a lot of confusion. Um, and people in her life made really, really bad decisions that no child should have to face or experience. But when she was 14 years old, she came face to face with Jesus and everything changed on that day. Now she wasn't perfect, but from that day on, she started building her life on the love of God. 
And there was still healing that needed to happen in her heart and in her mind. But Jesus would prove himself to be faithful to her through the healing process every single day um, going on after that. Because now Jesus was her savior and Jesus was her healer. So when she was 18 years old, she got married to a godly man. And two years later, they had a baby. And very, very different from the home, the family that she was born into of brokenness, they raised their daughter in a godly home where the parents loved each other, where the, lo- the word of God was taught and the love of God was shown. Some of you might have kind of guessed it, but this woman's name is Sarah, and she is my mom. And I have been extremely, extremely blessed to have been born into a godly home. And part of who I am today is because of the sacrifices and the difficult decisions that my parents made to change a family legacy of brokenness into a story of redemption and hope. And so so I share her story because I know that there's some people in here tonight who do have a story like me where you were born into a godly home, but there's also some of you who have a story that's more like my mom's and you were born into a broken family, or maybe you're facing some brokenness right now. But I share her story because she's real life living proof that even if you were born into a broken family, you can still change your family's legacy. You have the power to change the narrative because when you surrender to Jesus, when you dedicate your life to him, you build your life on his love, everything changes. The Bible says that if anyone's in Christ, He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. The new has come. So I want you guys to be encouraged that no matter your past or even your present circumstances right now, God has a good plan for your life, and you have the power to choose Jesus over brokenness. And if if you remember one thing, I want you to remember that. You have the power to choose Jesus over brokenness brokenness. And it doesn't have to be such a giant thing of like changing your family's legacy. It can be a small area of your life where maybe you feel hurt by friends or you feel like you failed in a certain area, you're fighting some kind of addiction. You have the power to choose Jesus over that brokenness. Just one person can change a whole family. You can be a light to your current family that you're in right now. And today you can start making decisions that will build a foundation that you're gonna raise your future family on. Because now you're free and in Jesus, you have the power to change the story. Now give a hand to Jordan. Thank you. Yes, so cool. Can you guys make a, just a little bit more like noise for the, these stories that are going on? What God's doing? Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Yes, testimonies are so cool. They're, I think that they're one of the most powerful t- tools that we have as Christians. And, like, you guys know, think about it. Do you guys know that if you weren't told something, you wouldn't know anything? If you guys didn't know anything, what would you do? That's the power of testimonies. When you share your stories, it means something that someone else, these people, everyone here is doing, like, it has an effect on us. So... I thought since um, you guys might not know me that well, I'm not here every week, but the best story that I, I can share with you to, tonight is the story of how I came to Christianity. And so when I was a lot younger, like your guys' age, 
and I went to public school. Did How many people go to public school here? Most everybody? Just this half of the room, that's kind of weird. Um, so I think that I could probably, well, probably all of you, but um, I think that I can relate to you guys. Let's see, I screwed around in class. Anybody? I didn't do my homework. I skipped class often. And let me tell you, this one is a little bit, hits a little bit deeper for me. I got a 14 on my ACT. Same. Really? <laughs> wow. Thank you, Zach. So, that's a little history lesson, but I know that I'm supposed to get deeper. Also in school, I was insecure about what my classmates thought about me. I was, I didn't know how to talk to a girl to save my life. And I also had an addiction to pornography. So later, like down the road, I found that these addictions, the addiction to what other people thought about me, my friends, and the addiction to pornography eventually led me down a road that I didn't want to go down. And that was, um, I was involved in alcohol, like I drank alcohol with my friends, and I worked like 60 hours a week. You guys go to school like what, 40 hours a week? Maybe? So I spent the majority of my time working and doing something that I didn't want to do. And I know that tonight, today, some of us are dealing with things that nobody knows about. And some of us are also dealing with things that all of our friends know, know about, and all of our friends are okay with it. And neither way is the way that we should deal with our problems. <clears throat> and so, the job that I was telling you about, that I worked like a ton of hours, I had one friend there that she was kind of like a new friend, and she just showed up, and so, but she's like kind of different, like she didn't like cur use curse words, but like all my friends did, and I did, and she like didn't stay out late, which was like weird, and so like for some reason, like this is kind of, it was kind of weird for me, but I was like kind of interested in her, in like a love interest kind of way, but it was like kind of left field, like it wasn't somebody that I would have been. So, like, you guys, I think that you guys are old enough that you probably have this. You guys probably have somebody that you're interested in. So, do you guys, when, when this was me, I was like, I was like, so, uh, what's your favorite color? <laughs> um, so, like, what kind of music deals in? What's your favorite movie? She's like, uh, Meet the Robinsons. And so, <laughs> and so, um, this girl ended up telling me about the gospel. I had never heard the Christmas story in my life until this girl to told me in a coffee shop, which seems like weird, doesn't it? And, but through all of these things, these like weird addictions that I had and working so much that I barely even used my brain, um, I found myself feeling lost, confused, broken, and like super overwhelmed. And so, do you guys ever, how many of you guys drive? Most people? All the adults, for sure. I see adults raising their hands. Um, I, do you guys just ever just like go on a drive? You don't have a destination. You're just driving, seeing like what's out there. So I just got in the car and I just like got on I-29 and I went till I couldn't go anymore. And I went till, pretty much until the sun started going down and I knew I probably wanted to be home before it was dark. So I pulled off the road and I like got a cup of coffee and I turned around. And 
Um, as I was on my way home, <clears throat> earlier I said something about um, that girl that I met sent me a song. Like I asked her what her favorite music was. She sent me some songs. And so I like saved in my library and I didn't really listen to them. And it was just, I never thought about it. And so when I was listening to music on my phone and one of those songs popped up just on shuffle, like just by chance, it was just popped up on its own. And in that moment, that feeling, all the feelings of, I was overwhelmed and I was confused and I was just like ticked off at life. I found that feeling overwhelmed, being overwhelmed with peace and like joy. And I knew in that moment then that was from God and he was speaking to me about it. So, obviously, this was lots of years ago, but since then, my life has changed a lot. And I'm free from addiction to pornography, and I don't use alcohol. And so, thank you. So life changes when we, like, listen to this voice, when we follow the peace. The Bible says follow the peace. And so I did that, and it changed my life. And some of you guys might think that my story doesn't apply to you because you don't do these things, but I can tell you that it does. Because I think that this is where some of us are. I think some of us are on the side where they're looking for God's story in their life. Where you're looking for the story, what God wants to do in you, what God wants, where God wants to take you. What's your life going to look like in five years? I'm looking for that still. And some of us are on the side where we're we need to be the people who are sharing God's story, what God did in us. And some of us are, have a story that we need to share. You guys go to public school. I think we did said that earlier. Do you guys talk about this at school? Is this like normal for you guys to talk about Jesus dying on the cross for us? And a story that came out of that for you. And then so now, me, I get to be on the side where I'm telling the story. That's what I get to do with all these people and just every day when I'm going through my life. So now I have the privilege of introducing the same girl in the story who told me about Jesus and who's now my wife. So Mariah's turn. Thank you. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are all so good. And it's so fun to be able to share stories together. And it's like so powerful when they're all in line. But Okay, so before we don't run out of time, I'm just going to talk, and I'm going to talk kind of fast. But so whenever Sean asked us this, and he was like, okay, we're going to share testimonies. And I was like, okay, that's like easy. Like there's like lots of things that God has done in my life. So like I know that I have something to share, right? But then every time that I prayed about it, thought about it, and I was like, God, what do you want me to, which one do you want me to share? I could, I could not, like I was just like, I could think of nothing. And I'm just like, what is going on? So then I just waited a few days. So I was like, maybe I'm just like in a weird funk or something. And then, but then he revealed to me that like, you know what it is, but you don't want to talk about it because you're still in the middle of it. So mine is a little bit different because it's like, I, what I'm talking about, what I'm going to be talking about right now is I, I'm in the middle. I don't have the ending testimony yet, but I know that I will. And so I'm going to talk about it because I know that some of us are in that place in our life too. Because maybe, maybe there's something that you're um, 
trying to figure out like what you're supposed to do after you graduate. Or maybe you're trying to figure out like um, if there, like there's a certain guy or girl in your life and you're trying to figure out if you're supposed to like be in a relationship with them or not. Or maybe you struggle with anxiety or depression and you're still in that right now. Or maybe there, or you, maybe you've never heard God's voice, but you want to, but you haven't got to hear it yet, right? Or maybe for me in my instance, I know that none of you will be struggling or waiting for the exact thing that I am because like my husband Jordan said we're married and we've been married for over a year now which is totally cool but we really want a baby right and we've been praying for a baby for like nine months now which feels really long whenever you're in the middle of it but we still we we still have no idea whenever that will come but like I said I know that you guys none of you guys are praying for a baby but I know that you're praying and waiting and hoping for other things right so the same things apply both ways And I know it can be hard sometimes to hear all of these stories of God doing big and amazing things in people's lives. And sometimes we can be like, but what about, what's he doing in me? Or why can't, or like, they're married, why can't I figure out who I'm supposed to be with? Or God was talking to him, why doesn't God talk to me? Or like, you know what I mean? Like all these things, we can be like, why not, right? And like, I say all this because... Honestly, when it's like that sometimes and it's an area that you were waiting for it, it can be hard when someone else is like talking about what God did in them. Not because we're not excited, but just because, you know, we want it to. And so it can make it hard sometimes. And so sometimes even lately, I feel like in the cycle of waiting for a baby, I'm either mad, sad, or then I go through these little spurts where I'm happy, right? And it just feels like this, like this cycle. But God's like, I have more for you than that right where you are. And the same is true of all of us. There's more than just that right here, right where we are. And so sometimes, well, okay, so I'm going to do three things really quick that can help whenever we're in the middle of a testimony or a big God story, okay? So number one is celebrate those around you. So the people that are around you that are experiencing, like, all these stories, like, we celebrate them. Whenever someone near you or close to you gets something that you're waiting for or hoping for or whatever it may be, there's a big opportunity to check your heart, and to see what's really in there, because when that happens, it shows. What's really inside shows. Second one is to ask God where he is, because God is always here, and God is always with us. God is always with you. It just might be that he might not be moving in the area you want him to be right now, but that does not mean that he's not still in your life. doesn't mean he's not still doing things. It just depends on whether you're looking for him or if you're looking for what you want because there's a big difference, and, but he is always there. It says that so many times in the Bible, that he is always there. And then the third one is that he is enough. Even as hard, as hard as it is for me to say, like literally, if I stay here too long, then I will cry. But as hard as it is for me to say, even if we were to never have a baby, you know what? Jesus is still enough for me no matter what, even still. And, and that is something that in waiting times that he can stamp on our hearts even more. There's a verse in the Bible and it says, um, I'll set you as a seal upon my heart, upon my arm, for there is love that is as strong as death, jealously demanding as the grave. And so as a verse that I've been saying, God, seal it on my heart that you are enough for me, no matter what, all the time. And you know what, guys? He who promised is faithful. And we can look at all these stories that were just said, that God is good and that he is faithful. And what he did in them, 
he can do in you. What he's done in your friends or people that you look up to or people that you see, he can and will do in you if you let him and if you see him. Our God is a deliverer, and if it's not good, it's not the end. And that is so good and so true. And something else that I forgot to say that I want to say. Let me find it. Sorry, just one second. I was talking too fast, and so I got ahead of myself. I can't find it on there, but I'm just going to say the gist of it. But it's something that God showed me, and it's that... um, Our testimonies reveal how big God is, and our struggles in the middle ground reveal how much we believe of how big that God is. So when I'm here waiting for my little miracle, I believe that God is big, and that God is faithful, and that he is who he says he is. And that, um, yeah, like I said already, but that what he has done in others, he will do in you. And what he has done in the Bible, the crazy, amazing stories that God has done in the Bible also, he wants to do now, here, today, in us. We just have to look to him and wait on him for it. In Revelation, it says, we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimonies. It says the blood of the lamb, which is, you know, the blood of Jesus when he died, and then the word of our testimonies. And they're in the same sentence, which means our testimonies have so much power, so much more than I think we even realize sometimes. Because hearing testimonies helps give us the faith we need to overcome. So do not lose hope. Do not give up. Like, in, even though you don't know when what you're praying for, waiting for, hoping for, trying to figure out will come to, like, a, an end or, like, a solution or a miracle or just a direction, whatever it is, you might not know. But you know what? We do know our God, and we know that he is good, we know that he is big, and we know that he has the absolute best in mind for us so we can trust him and that he is faithful and he is enough even still, even now. And one day, the longer you believe that, one day in each area, you will have a story that you get to share too. And so that is all. So now I'm going to give it back to Sean. And yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. You guys can go back to your seats. Let's give them another big round of applause, you guys. It's awesome. Awesome. We're going to wrap up here. So worship team, you guys can come on up. Kelsey, you might as well just stay on stage. There's no point in going back to the seat. But man, guys, these stories are incredible stories, right? These, these are amazing things. And like we've been just rehashing it like this whole entire night, what God did inside of these people, he can do inside of you as well. So something I really want to challenge you guys is that if you find yourself in the middle of a struggle, that some, one of these guys up here had struggled through or is struggling through, like in Ryan's case, then what I want you to do is after the service, I want you to go and find them and talk to them and share in that struggle together. Because that is something that is really powerful. First of all, listen, these, first of all, I know each one of these guys and they're not gonna judge you no matter what, but also the person that struggled through it themselves and got out of it is definitely not gonna judge you for struggling with that yourself, right? You know, like, like the, the struggles that we've talked about here. So what I want you to do is if you find yourself, you're in the middle and you're struggling, go after the service, find Jordan, find Zach, find Jane, and find one of those guys 
talk to them and just share in the struggle and ask them to pray over you. Ask them for advice. Ask them if they, if you guys can like catch up sometime. Like, because these stories are powerful. You don't want them, they don't, they, they are here to help you, right? And it's not just the leaders, it's just anybody sharing a story here to help you. That's why we're sharing that story. And so what I want to do is I want to end the night. I want to end the night on a high note, just like Mariah said, that we're, we're going to celebrate the victory of who God is and celebrate the stories. So we're going to play one last song. And what I want everyone to do is I want everyone to stand up, come to the front, and we're going to celebrate together. So let, let's do it.
Listen, each one of you guys has a story. Each one of you guys have a story. And maybe it's in the making, like we've talked about. Uh, if you're going to Bold, so you'll have a story at Bold, I guarantee you that much. But listen, hey, I, I thought this was a really powerful night. Come on, if you guys thought this was powerful, let's give God another round of applause for his goodness. Awesome. Listen, I, I don't know. I know I'm on this fix of sharing testimonies right now, but we're, we're really wanting to do this pretty often, like maybe every other month, every third month or something, just have another night of testimony and fire. And I'm wanting to do this two months from now, so I'm already looking for people with testimonies. And I guarantee you, if you just look at it, you have a testimony or you have one in the making. So if you feel like you have something you want to share, come talk to me. Um, we have these testimony worksheets out in the lobby. Uh, feel free to take a couple if you want. Like, even if you don't have a testimony yet, just go ahead and grab one. Like, I'm on staff at the church, so I have access to, like, literal thousands of printer papers. So I can just keep these coming if you need to. Um, but grab a testimony worksheet. It's out on the table in the lobby. Um, but we're going to be looking for people to share God's stories that happen in our church. So I'm going to pray right before we dismiss. God, I thank you for this amazing group of people. I thank you for the power of the testimonies you've given us. And I just thank you and praise you for this goodness. I ask that the, these stories and your goodness just rest on us throughout the week. They rest on us throughout um, finals week. They rest on us throughout the rest of the school year, God. I just pray that you will just rest on us, God, that your goodness resides in us and that we will see your goodness, God. And that's all we ask for, God, to see your goodness. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Let's give one shot of praise to that left to God. Awesome. All right, guys, thank you for coming. You guys are dismissed.